Welcome back, dude and dudettes, to another wild episode of Send It, Mate. We're here to talk about all things hunting and outdoors, and today we've got something that'll keep your gear running smoother than a dingo's getaway. That's right, our show is brought to you by High Calibre, the gun and knife hole company that knows how to keep your firearms and blades in tip-top shape. High Calibre is like the secret sauce for hunters, anglers and outdoorsy folk everywhere. It's like the magic potion that makes your gun and knives happier than a dog with two tails. You know, guys, I've been using high-caliber oil for a while now, and let me tell you, it's the duck's nuts. My rifle practically sings a lullaby when I take it out hunting. And speaking of lullabies, ever tried sneaking up on a deer with a squeaky gun? It's a prime way to end up with no venison in the freezer. You'll be hungrier than a vegan at a bacon festival. Absolutely. But with high-caliber oil, your gun will be quieter than a ninja in moonlight. You'll be stalking your prey with the grace and stealth of a mountain lion. High Calibre doesn't just keep things quiet, it also prevents rust and corrosion, so you won't find your gear looking like it's spent a season at the bottom of a creek. That's right, and for you knife enthusiasts out there, High Calibre has got you covered too. Your trusty blade will slice through anything smoother than butter on a hot biscuit. So folks, don't let your gear become a rusty squeaky mess. Head on over to highcalibre.com.au and grab a bottle of their oil today. And if you use the code SENDITMATE at checkout, you'll get a special discount. I say again, use the code SENDITMATE for all your oil slick, stealthy hunting needs. Thanks to High Calibre, you'll be sending it in style and silence. So, gear up, oil up, and send it, mate. High Calibre, the ultimate oil for the ultimate hunter. Another season. Season three. Three. <laughs> three. We're racking them up. We are. Not the we lines, are. the seasons. <laughs> yeah, baby. That was clever. That was very, very Thank clever. You. That's you like a that? quality yes. play on words, it Caleb. Is. Oh, guys, I've missed you. missed oh. the listeners. I've missed the interaction. <laughs> I mean, I've seen you for fucking three weeks straight, but. I don't. Actually, four weeks. I think I've seen both of you more times in my life since we started this podcast. Yeah, I think I, I've seen you more in our break from the podcast every week than I have yeah. when we do the podcast every week. Yeah, that's true. But we did have to organise some things that will be released for Send It Mate soon. We've put in a lot of hard we are. Did some effort. We did some effort yeah. in stuff. Yeah. I think um, I think I actually did some podcast stuff without drinking. <laughs> yeah, we did. <laughs> so, improved quality season three. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was a bit, it's been nice. You it's, actually it's, need a break, man, do. from drinking because, dude, drinking every Monday on the podcast, I was well over it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I've added five kilos to my frame. Add a few more zeros onto that. <laughs> Let's not get into weight limits, Josh. Stop shaming him. I could shame Josh. Fat shaming. I could shame Josh if we started talking about weight limits. Yeah. (laughs) What's the weight of your penis? There it is. Yep. Penis reference. Two minutes in. (laughs) How much? How much do you reckon a dick weighs? Oh. (laughs) 
How many bags of cocaine would it take to match the weight of a dick? Like the average size penis. I'm, I, I, I've never I thought of know. it. Yeah, I don't know. I've not calibrated yeah. my yeah. scales. I'll, I'll rip out my powder scales next week and... <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm talking about and like by powder. You actually don't mean no, no, gum powder. Yeah, yeah, thank you, thank you for clarifying for yeah, listeners. Yeah, but he's got to take the six locks off of, or undo the six locks in his front door, and tell his cousin Julio to step away with the shotgun. <laughs> Julio, before he you know lets anyone in, just to just to use his. Everyone's butt scale. naked too, just in case they try and smuggle shit. Yeah, except they're all dudes. Oh, Can we get off the story? <laughs> Oh, why? We talk like this when we're not recording. So. We do. A lot of smack. We're back. Uh, we are back. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. It is an absolute pleasure to have you join us again for season three, episode one. Straight out of the gates like a fucking champion. Shiny, are. shiny and new. Mm. So I have put something new on Karen. <laughs> let me let me explain. It's heavy. I'll put a few things on Karen. I'm going to do what you do to me. What's a Karen? For those playing at home, <laughs> Karen Fuck is my very affectionate name for my shotgun, my Adler. Adler weather. So a couple of, I think it was, it might have been season, beginning of season two, I mentioned that I had purchased a new stock and it was coming over from Turkey. But it was held up because of the whole COVID Bullshit. And it finally came all the way over to little old Adelaide from Turkey uh, about a week and a half ago. And it, uh, the pistol grip stock for the all weather uh, Adler straight pull. And it looks fucking mint. It does. Very tactical. Cool. It's missing one thing, and that's the bright yellow Sharpie pen. With the name Karen on yeah, it. Yeah, it's going to be Karen 2.0. The only reason I haven't written that yet is because after I wrote Karen on there, I thought, well, me and Karen, like, it's going to be forever now. So I broke the pen because I'd never write a name on another shotgun. <laughs> that's just – that's how deep my love for Karen goes. But upgraded Karen so much better. What have you done with the old stock? I just put it away somewhere dark in the closet. That's where yeah. she belongs. As you where do with a Karen. <laughs> <laughs> we love Karen. Oh, we'll get the shots out, man. you got to Yeah, yeah, no, it'll, it'll be on there. No, we, we put it on there. We took it out in the range, made sure it was all Mickey Mouse, and it will be uh, Chris and Sharon 2.0. Sorry, Karen, not Sharon. Oh, Karen would kill me if you heard that. Yeah. Karen 2.0. And Sharon. Karen and Sharon. Yeah. Mm. Sharon, you're- Shazza. Yeah, that one. Yeah. you 243. 243, Shazza. Yeah. Her name's not Sharon, it's Shazza. Kazan I Shazza. mean, really, Shannon, you Shazza, Sharon. Yeah. The origin anyway. origin of Shazza is Sharon, I believe. Yeah, righto. Fucking grammar police. <laughs> Camp mum in the house. Camp well, you. Now, well, that's that's the. We're point. missing the point. How did it go at the rain? Yeah, how Bloody did it go? Fucking good, man. Fucking good. So the group, still got two hands. I've still got two hands. I've got a half a foot. So that's, did she that's talk back to you? I got half a foot as well. <laughs> How much does it weigh? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, moving on. No, it was good. Bloody good. So if anyone does have the Adler, I highly, highly recommend uh, – I ordered it through a gun shop. Uh, <laughs> really? Well, you can order you can them on, buy it on the black the, market. Like, <laughs> like, the back of a van. What I mean gun shop, I mean actually the short, uh, shop front, like gun, gun store gun store shop front. 
Bricks and mortar store. Bricks and mortar store. Store. It's a store, lad. Yeah, so that's my story, and I'm fucking done. Well, that was a short POI. It was, but I'm just going to chime in and say it does look nice and it handles very nice. I haven't fired it with the new stock on, but had a bit of a play around when we were here last. It's so much easier because you can keep your bead on target while you're racking it a lot easier. It's a lot more sturdy. Yeah. Like the ergonomics change obviously slightly because you're going down with a pistol grip. But, uh, yeah, it's good fun. Good fun. Have you – because the action is actually interchangeable on the Adler, is it not? Have you kept it, it on the left or right side? I can't remember. Left side. So I shoot right-handed, but I use the handle on the left. So I use my left hand to rack around, right hand on the grip, which is a little bit out of the box for guys that use the straight pulls. Um, oh, people do it both ways. I yeah, just, it's just down to personal preference. It is definitely the reason why I do that is because I sit the butt of the sh- the butt of the rifle sits in between my pectoral and my shoulder muscle, and because I'm quite large, when I re- reach forward with my right hand, it rolls the barrel, which is fucking annoying. Yeah, the only thing with with the theory that I can think of is is um, if you're so if you've got it on the right side and you've got your non-master hand at the fore end of the stock and then you take your master hand, which you shouldn't do, off of the, the pistol grip um, and rack it, in my mind you have better stability because you, you're using a bit more leverage instead of having your master hand on the pistol grip and trying to rack it with your left hand. Um, the, I, don't know, I guess it's whoever, whatever, you know, makes you feel comfortable. Yeah, personal yeah. preference. With the pistol grip I feel like you definitely got it. You can – Quite easily keep it stable. Yeah, yeah. Quite easily. Yeah. yeah. That's something I'd like to do one day actually is is see the difference between the two. Uh, and I'm looking at buying a, a Warwick or Warwick um, straight pull. But just and Warwick. I kind of want to kind of want to Warwick. Warwick. See which which way is better, left or right. I mean, it'd want to be better for the price. No, How much is prob- a Warwick? Probably about Warwick. Well, I, Warwick. I quoted it up the other day. It's Warwick. thirty thirty eight hundred. Which is pretty much like about where you're gonna pay for a high end rifle anyway. Or that was he made? Yeah, but it's a shotgun. Yeah, no, no, it's a two two three. Oh, sorry, you mean your two two three? Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Brain fart from me. All right, well, thank you, Ryan. How much did that cost you? A uh, hundred and ninety dollars. What? That is almost as much as you pay for the shotgun. Yeah, which is a little bit expensive. Well, I think for what w- it is. When the Adlers came out, they were like four hundred and seventy five bucks, and they're now six hundred something. Yeah. So Ryan's effectively paid as much as if he bought one now rather than That's true. a couple of years ago. This so is true. I got it for a steal. He's not really missing out. And he has a spare butt. I've got two butts now. <laughs> All right. Cool. Cool knees. So, um, oh, this is Oh, what's that? Hey. <laughs> Time to get into our topic for this week, which is Doomsday Preppers. Doomsday Preppers. Doomsday, Doomsday. <laughs> this is uh, Doomsday, 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 Doomsday. I think this has some relevance preppers, to preppers. to our current worldwide situation with COVID. COVID uh, oh, everyone loves that word. Gives you fucking chills, COVID. doesn't it? COVID. Um, I prefer the term coronavirus. And that's Doomsday, like prepping. Um, we've seen 
panic buying and things here in Australia. And in South Australia, it was fucking toilet paper. Yeah, what is with that? People are retarded, man. It's a fucking pandemic. Get the shit of paper. Oh, look, you don't want to wipe your ass with your hand, that's for sure. But (laughs) but, I mean, come on, maybe canned food, some baked beans or something. There'd be, in in the order of things, of order of importance of things that people would stock, I would not have put toilet paper at the top of the list. No, look, you would have got like one of those big value packs and been like, eight, I'm good for a week. <laughs> a week? A week. 40 wiper, mate. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Very good. Let's get into it, Josh. Damn. Well, that was my segue. Thanks for what? Shit of paper. Oh, no, this breaking just wasn't general chit chat. No, no. You've, you've announced the topic, now I'm, just, I'm into it. Oh, all right, yeah. we'll carry on then. Well, fucking here we you. go. Sorry, I thought just, you were, I thought you were just, just to let easing the, us in. Just to let the listeners know, Caleb uh, poured himself a rather large glass of port, which is going through quite quickly, so you're not quite as sharp, are you? It's got nothing to do with anything at this point, Josh. <laughs> I call bullshit. I'm still sharper. A bit <laughs> blunt on the pointy end. Righto, so... Anyway, so we're going into this panic buying and, and uh, it, it has a little bit of relevance of, of our situation now. A lot of people are looking at buying, uh, you know, even properties out in the country and starting to grow their own food and, and chooks and all that kind of piss. Um, and what I was just sitting there thinking of is if you're in the city and you want to be slightly prepared, say, for a pandemic or I don't know, some sort of catastrophic fucking thing, uh, what would be a useful item to have? Now, I used to have one of these myself for many, many years, and that's a bug-out bag. And we've, I'm pretty sure we've touched on bug-out bags before, um, but in the relevance of doomsday prepping, I figured it's pretty important. And you can do if you live in the city, and that is make one. What's a bug-out bag for those playing at home? So I knew that question was Sounds coming. Sounds like he's going to teach us how to make one. <laughs> so that, I knew that question was coming. So what a bug out bag is, is essentially is a go-to bag, so a bag that you've pre-packed with some important items that will see you through, say, the period of about 72 hours, maybe a week um, long uh, if you need it. So the theory is if something happens, you can just go grab your bug out bag, get in your car or put it on your back your back and and walk or drive to safety and live. <clears throat> Glad you brought bug up bags up actually because I'm going to touch on them Ooh. when I do a topic break. Ooh. So Ooh. we're crossing swords, we but are. in a good way. You want to play tummy sticks? How many bags are you playing? Play, <laughs> so, play what? <laughs> you said crossing swords, you clan tummy sticks. Tummy what? sticks. Tummy sticks. Watch fucking Step Brothers. Do you want to play tummy, tummy sticks? sticks? I, I don't even know. <laughs> I still don't. I love Step Brothers, and I don't know. I don't know that reference. Anyway, so some of the, some, neither does he. Some people can get carried away with with what's in their bug out bag, um, and I just wanted to shorten, like, make a list of, I guess the uh, the important things that you should have in a bug out bag if you decide to make one, and that's obviously the bag itself. And just going on my past experience, I used to use, and this is quite important. Everyone's laughing because I said the bag, but it's fucking important. No, well, so, is a bug out box not good enough? No, like, it's not. Okay. It's not. What about a bug out, con- bug out container? Oh, no. Bug out recyclable. Oh, a bug out canoe, bag. a bug out car. Yeah, if you've got fucking millions of dollars, yeah, go for it. Obviously a bag you can carry. So yes. 
Hit us, Joshua. So I used to use a – it was a sword medic patrol pack. And the reason why I like this bag is, is because it had a front zip and it used to open the the main compartment from like a bird's eye view. Uh, and you could – so you could pretty much – you wouldn't have to dig through your bag to get things. You could just open it all the way out and then pick out what you needed and close it back up. Um, look, it wasn't the most comfortable thing in the world. Um, but with a few more sword pouches on the pack, it works very, very well. And I, I used to use it in the army. The brand for, is sword, just for people yeah, listening. Sword. They don't think that you're putting swords in I pouches. I didn't <laughs> realise that until you said – I thought you actually meant a sword pack. Well, I said a sword medic patrol pack, so I'm pretty sure right, The brand's sword, all right, yeah. everyone? The brand is sword. Fuck, well, I thought I was carrying a sword around. Maybe not. <laughs> I saw you making one with your son, so. Fucking oath. Oh, you know what's coming next? Axes, throwing axes. <laughs> Zombie apocalypse, those oh, boys God. are fucked. <laughs> anyway, so uh, I used to use it in the army for, for up to 72 hours, sometimes a little bit longer, and it, and it had enough cubic inches in it to sustain uh, me for that time. How many inches? <clears throat> I can't remember how big it was, but how many inches sustain um, you? So, uh, what was in it was, I just want to break it down because a lot of people they they o- overdo, they overpack way too much. Now the secret with packing is you pack it once and then you repack it, like you unpack it, sorry, and then you repack it because then you end up throwing away a lot of items that you don't need in it. So the first one's obviously a hoochie or some sort of shelter. Um, I'd just recommend a hoochie because they're very, very versatile and they're very lightweight and all you need is four Oki straps and you can sort of deal with it. The other one is a water bottle. I would always recommend going to a hard bottle over a bladder. Simply, these two boys are fucking weeing themselves, eh? (laughs) And I don't know why. You fucking clowns. Because I just, I'm just admiring your ability to power through and ignore what I said. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> you've obviously worked on that in the break. I'm not, I'm not free. So, <laughs> um, anyway, so a hard water bottle over a bladder, simply because bladders burst very, very easily. Um, and with that, some sort of way to purify your water. Now, we've covered this before. You can either use a SteriPen or you can use a Milbank filter. Um, What's a Milbank filter? Milbank filter is it's essentially a material sock that you pour water in into and then it drips out. Yeah. So kind of like when I jizz in a sock. No, it's, it's much bigger than a sock. But, <laughs> uh, <laughs> What yeah. is it? Is it yeah. a sock that you pour water in? Essentially, yeah. It's a material sock that you pour water so in and it filters it. I'm gathering it's just going to take the larger particulates out. It's not going to take like Yeah, look, we're not, like we're not that. fucking snowflakes here. So, you know, if you are got a running stream, you obviously collect your water from the part where it's running and then you run it through the sock, it gets the fucking shit out and you drink it and you oh, stop so being just, a pussy. It's just like material. It's just filter material, filtering material. That's yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's like a, a thing that you whack over where whatever. Pour your water through it. <clears throat> Pour your water through it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So put it over your over your drink bottle and then use your drink bottle. No, no. So typically I'd use a container to pour it, or or however I could. It either fill up the the fill, the sock itself from the stream, and then just uh, hold it up over the bottle and let it drip in. Um, that works. You reckon? I reckon if you had like a thousand count. 
like a thousand thread count cotton or something like that, like bed sheets. Look, you're right. You could yeah. filter really well with that. Yeah, a uh, tea towel. Well, I actually once filtered Carver through a tea towel. <laughs> okay. I feel like there's yeah. an interesting story behind that statement. Uh, yeah, no, it, it was actually Mount Crawford. I was camping in Mount Crawford and some dude had some karma, so we were like, yes. Okay, I okay, thought we'll I, try it. I expected some sort of exotic yeah. location or – No, no, no. I thought that, was, that story was going to start with back when I was in the army, but no. turns out it was last month while you are in the fucking <laughs> Mount Crawford getting what? lit. Yeah, pretty much. So having a few beers, one of the boys brought a packet of karma back from Thailand, I think it was, and um, we he told us how to do it. Like, we're all scrambling around to look for something, and I had a tea towel, and I was like, oh, we could use this as a filter. <laughs> that would have tasted like ass. Yeah. Because ta- oh, it was it not a like clean shit. tea towel, I'm gathering. No, it was a clean tea towel. Was it, though? Yeah, it was a clean tea towel. Did you use but it, it to just, wipe your ass? It just uh, had the, the carver itself tasted like shit and didn't make anything go numb, so. Okay, well, <laughs> I've never had the pleasure of partaking. I've never carver, tried it so. either. Even though there was the Carver Hut down the road from where I went to uni, never never tried it. Really? Yeah, Hindley Street. There's oh. it used to be a Carver Hut. Never went in. It's, it's one of those things. I guess you should try. Um, <clears throat> for me, I didn't feel anything really. It just tasted like dirty water, and I'm like, yeah, this is great. <laughs> <laughs> the but, guys are jokes on you. Yeah, pretty Title much. of your sex tape. But we're we're digressing. I didn't taste anything, and it tasted like dirty water. We're digressing, so I'll get back to my list. So the next thing that I've got is some sort of food. Now that's obviously a non-perishable food. We when we backpack hunt, um, we use dehydrated food, um, and we use them for pretty much its weight saving ability because they're dehydrated and they're in sort of like an aluminum pack. They weigh like two fists of fuck all. For the Australian um, listeners, aluminium. Yeah, I can't. I'm just going to say aluminium. aluminium. Thanks. Um, then you obviously need some sort of uh, uh, cooking implement. Uh, and with that, you need, like, obviously some sort of fire lighting device. Uh, so that can either be a flint and steel or a big lighter, matches, you know, anything really. And a good tip is if you, in your little fire lighting kit, if you get some cotton bud um, before you go and dip them in Vaseline and then put them in your little fire lighting kit, they'll actually – they work very, very well to start fires. Cotton buds or cotton wool? Cotton wool, sorry. Oh, yeah. Okay. Cotton wool. Vas- cotton Vaso – Yeah. It's a petroleum product. Burns yeah. very well. Hair, actually, like, you know, super, I've seen you do that. That works pretty well. well. Mm. Yeah, it like it's like a fire lighter. They, they just stay lit for – Yeah, homemade ages. fire lighters basically, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's really that's a really good that, idea. That is probably yeah. tip of the day. Yeah, for those yeah. out there. Yeah, yeah, and it's great if you're in like a, a wet area, and then you just you start with some really small twigs, and then you just build the fire up using that, and it, it'll take off pretty easily. That's yeah. um, on some cotton buds, and you can torch some shit. Cotton balls yeah. and wank. Cotton, cotton balls. balls. Um, so a, soaked cotton balls. Anyway, the, the next one is an axe and a multi-tool. Um, I would say they're pretty important tools to have in your kit. Um, 
possibly if you have the space and the ability to carry the extra weight, maybe a foldable shovel or some something like that. What do you, what do you need a multi-tool for? I have got a multi-tool and I've had multi-tools for 10 years and I have only ever used the knife on the multi-tool. Look, I think they come into their their own, especially if you need to break into some a place. Say there's a shop that you've got to break into or something like that. This is in a doomsday yeah. sort of scenario. Yeah. Um, they they certainly have their use, yes. What are you going to do? Like, are you going to – what are you, what tools are you going to use on the multi-tool to talk, to break into a store other than a well, brick some to of the, go through Some the of the, the multi-tools have a glass breaker. Um, We're talking the end of the world here, man. Yeah. Like, imagine if you have a torch and that torch needs batteries – and the only way you can get other batteries is because you've got this item that has, I don't know, Phillips head screwdriver fucking lead on it, and that's yeah, the only way you can point. get screwdrivers. Yeah, yeah, like the screwdrivers you'd use. The what else is there? A file. There's a saw. I mean, everyone knows the saw and those things are fucking useless. Oh, You're not going to use that. The file. What are you going to file with that? Look, I've, I've actually filed a fish hook before. There you go. So yeah, with uh, you would use with them. wire. So I found some fencing wire. I bent it. And then uh, fold a, f- a, a sharp point in it. You fashioned yourself a fish hook. Yeah, look, like in this sort of scenario, maybe you need to. You know, maybe, maybe you have to do that. And this is why I put it in there because it is quite a useful bit of kit. And for me, an axe is a great bit of kit because, you know. Zombies. No, yeah. I, I was thinking more of firewood. <laughs> how, how painful is it when you're out camping? Or hunting and you're sort of like, you know, it's your turn to get the firewood and you walk off and you end up dragging like a fucking 12-foot log, <laughs> you know. Yeah, but you're not going to cut it up out in the middle of buttfuck nowhere and do 20, tri- 20 trips. To oh, look, you, you don't you don't need to, no, but you can certainly cut up wood for making a seat or cut up wood for making a shelter, permanent shelter, um, yeah. anything like that. I would like say um, I'd, I'd just take an axe head. <laughs> <laughs> just, just. I've been watching too much Mountain Man. Yeah, but you, yeah. just take an axe head and then find timber to fashion into a handle. Yeah, well, I guess you could do that anyway. Um, jumping down, I'll quickly try and go through this because Ryan just looked at his watch. But uh, the next one is something that we definitely don't ever take with us, but we should, and that's a first aid kit. And in the first aid kit, I've got four items that I would say are quite essential, and that's. And Ashman's chest seal, um, some quick clot, a tourniquet, and an Israeli bandage. Um, what's, an, what's the difference between an Israeli bandage and an Australian bandage? So it, it's a little bit hard to describe, but essentially it's just a long bandage with a plastic clip in it that you can use as a semi-tourniquet. So it, you're able to put like wrap yeah, – um, your leg around with the bandage and then slip it through this little plastic bracket and then pull it back the other way and it sort of tightens on itself. They are amazing bits of kit and if – We're talking major bleed situation here. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So like any sort of major hemorrhage, um, like the Ashman's chest seal, like oh. you're only going to need that if you have like a some sort of thoracic injury. I will touch um, on this again, so well done. But Crossing swords again. It's definitely worth – those four items are definitely worth putting in there. And then obviously some minor Panadol and, if you can, some antibiotics and things like that. Um, 
the next one I've got is a some sort of defense system. So a rifle, a knife, anything that you've got. Obviously, not everyone's firearm. Like, not everyone is a firearm owner. So you can't, in Australia, have access to firearms. A whacking um, stick? Yes, a, anything to sort of defend yourself with. Um, and when you think about defense, you want it easy to get to. So even if it, even if it was just like a mum, like or not a mum, but a single woman that just ran out of her apartment, grabbed this bag, and her defense strategy was the keys in her pocket, and she just poked a few keys out between her her fingers, and was you know used her fist to punch people with the keys in it. Whatever works for you works remembering that whatever you have can also be used against you um and in any sort of de- like defensive situation distance is the key to survival so if you ever find yourself um at the end of an attack yeah put distance first uh and try and calm the person down with words before you obviously that's real snowflake words Fuck. josh that's Use real snowflake words why would you want to get an injury why would you want um, to obtain an injury if you can avoid it with words so it's not snowflake, it's just smart. Yeah. Yeah. Or just shoot first and then skip on your way to I'll just eating take, your d Take a bunch of pens. <laughs> a bunch of pens? They're mightier than the Throwing sword. pens? Oh, God. I'm going to write a letter to you, an aggressive letter. <laughs> I'm going to tell you how angry I am. <laughs> anyway, next one is some warm clothes. That's uh, imperative. Uh, a torch and some paracord. Fuck me, how big is this bag of yours? This actually fits in quite well. I could put a sleeping bag in there as well if I needed to. Yeah. Like how many litre pack are we talking? Uh, look, there's it's probably no more than 22 litres probably. So like a day pack? Which, yeah, essentially. Oh, or se- no, no, it's a 72-hour like pack, pack, not a day pack. I would probably try and... So what, 50 litre? 50 litre pack? Oh, look, 22 to 50 litres. 50 litres is probably on the big side. And you've got to remember, a bug out bag is probably going to be for people who don't have a awesome amount of fitness. So if they're going to chuck a 50 litre pack on their back, then they might struggle. Uh, where it's sort of 20 litres, you can push through it a little bit easier. Okay, interesting. Cool. I'm going to touch on these, as I said. So, oh, you're going to I touch see. on them. See, yep. I see. Yes. My next question. So after I listed that, or rattled that list off, my question to you both is: What would your action plan be if you were to come into sort of a doomsday scenario where you had to grab your bug out bag? Because this is the other part that I think people miss when they're packing a bug out bag is then planning on what to do. After that, well, it depends on what the scenario is. Like, has an asteroid landed? Has we're talking about some sort of career invaded? Event. Like, what's going? What's what's happened? Yeah, uh, you got to set the scenario there. With are we going off of little information? No one knows anything. We've had we've been okay. hit by a massive EMP. Has a pandemic power, power, taken over the world? Power waters shut down. Oh, it's and there is either a natural. Um, Disaster or a some form of invasion, uh, maybe not in your state, but in uh, advancing into your country. Um, there's no power, no water. There's looting and riots in the street. So, like Walking Dead without the zombies. So we're talking civil unrest and a loss of major civil unrest, major civil unrest, and a loss of all services to yeah. your house. Essentially. So Walking yeah. Dead without the zombies. Yeah, yeah. 
There's no power of water. You got to do everything for yourself. Every man for himself. Martial law. Yep. Survive. Right. Well, that one's that's. I've actually thought about this. <laughs> I would. The first thing I'd, I I have a bug out bag already ready to go, which is just my hunting pack. It's not really a bug out bag. It's just everything that I need. And me and those dear to me need to survive in the middle of butt fuck nowhere. I just wish it was ready to go when we go on hunting trips. It is ready to go. When we, it is ready to go when we go on hunting trips. I forgot trips. cold weather gear. <laughs> oh shit! I forgot I got my summer gear. It's winter, yeah. Ryan. <laughs> yeah. No, well, it's because I was like, no, nah, it's ready to go. No worries, mate. But then it was fucking cold and it didn't. Anyway, we're digressing. Um, I'll just go down. I'm not going to tell you my – I'm going to tell everyone my, my whole plan because, you know, I don't want those people that uh, – oh, to- bit of OPSEC. Yeah, I don't know what that means. Operational okay. security. Oh, yeah. my God. No, well, there's, there's, there's a couple of options around us. Like if you – if. If I didn't know what was going on, didn't have enough information, I would just, you know, you make yourself scarce. If it's quite obvious that your house is under threat from whatever, then your life is the most precious thing, yours and the lives of those that are close to you. So that's the number one thing. You protect that. So you get your essentials, your bug out bag. I definitely tied into that is rifles, ammunition, all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Grab that, go bush, but not like open bush with trail and stuff like dense bush mm-hmm. where it's quite easy to hide and if there's choppers coming up overhead, it's quite easy to just blend in. Except for thermal, but yep. Except for thermal, but <laughs> let's face it, if, if you – I'll just like crouch down into the shape of a kangaroo. That's my plan there. Just, just hide in a herd of sheep. No, nah, just yeah. – yeah, just – Start fucking a shit. No, one, no one's going to land and fucking wow. That down. escalated quickly. <laughs> I'm going to correct myself. Flock of sheep, not herd of sheep. Yeah, yeah. Geez, so that that would be the, that's that's an easy question, and and then it'd be just getting getting intel, like find out what the fuck's actually going on. But I mean, this is going to lead into the direction that I want to go in a little bit. But but the all those different scenarios where there's no and not quite any specifics other than there being civil unrest. To get to that point, there has to be. Some sort of extreme. It's a build up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. you you would be able to see it coming, and if you can see that coming, then that the law. Did and, you see COVID coming? No, but we could see the reaction that would happen before it was at our doorstep. <laughs> That's true. So yeah. you can like the the because of technology. Unless all technologies was wiped out in one hit, the transfer of information is so quick and in real time that you would be able to see events before Predict they unfold. Yeah. So, yeah. And because if, you, if the everyday man can see it or everyday woman can see it, then the government knows well beforehand and things would be put in place to stop anything from getting out of control. Unless, of course, you're in America yeah, well, and people are rioting and nah, police I'm, officers. I'm talking about it's, it's gone past the control of the government and it's gone to civil unrest um, without policing action. Um I think there's a lot of people that would actually do the same thing, man. They'd try and go bush. And I have a feeling that there's not a lot of people out there that actually can survive properly in the bush. Oh, fuck no. Um, So that in itself is going to create a lot of (laughs) stressful sort Mm. of situations for, you know, for for other people. But also if you come across them because they're going to start getting desperate – um, well, that's one thing that I've, I've thought about a little bit. Is like you, myself. I can speak for myself, but I've always sort of had the approach that I would, 
I know that I would I've got the skill set to be able to take the long haul like and do it really really well in in those sorts of challenging environments. But if I ran out of supplies or ran out of something or needed something, I would go to someone else to get it from them. And I never really thought about the scenario of how far I would go to being on the other end of that because you sort of people like us, we assume that we would be the guys that have got it done really, really well. Have you thought about how far you would go? And you're raising a very good point, man, because suddenly you're in a dangerous situation that's it. Regardless which which side of the fence you're on. That's it. And that um, would be the perspective of the people that are coming to you early in the game mm. where you know they've they've not been prepared and how what how far are they willing to go? Like if you're in that situation how far would you be willing to go? That is the perspective of those. Well, you've got a have. son as well so oh, you'd go anything. further than most and other people will have children and yeah. in their mindset they will go further than most and it, all it takes is a lucky lucky shot. Uh, or an unlucky shot, whichever way you want to look at it, um, and you're done. So, I mean, you've got to think about these things, man. I've never watched Doomsday Preppers, but in looking into these things a little bit, depending on what scenario you're presented with, most people prepare some sort of a bunker and stockpile everything for the purpose of staying at home safely as their first option. Then there's your bug out bag if you need to just – your home's under threat. You can't just bunker down where you're at. Yeah. The smart ones, from what I can see, have all their options available. So they've got their bunker at home so they can stay there as long as they need to. They've got their bug out bag so they can go nomadic wherever they need to go. And then they've got multiple loca- – the, the ones with lots of money and pl- actually set up multiple safe houses yeah. with – safe rooms and bunkers and whatever across a country. Yeah, you so, see that, uh, like, that's extreme and most people don't have the money for that. Exactly. But most that people can afford a fucking bug out bag, eh? Correct. But wouldn't you rather stay in your house if you could? Well, Again, it's down to the situation. Look, uh, if so I have a friend, uh, well, we have a friend, uh, a mutual friend in the States, and I had this conversation with him and he simply said, no, I'm fucking going to, Pillage, mate. I don't prepare. I'll just grab my gun and go fucking door to door and take what I need, kill them all, and then, yeah. So you got to think about that as well. So if you're going to stay in your location in your home, uh, chances are people are going to be like, oh, there could be some canned goods or some food or something in that house. Let's go check it out. Which is why people build bunkers and conceal them. So, But as an average person... You don't. So, are you, like you right now, are you going to weigh up packing your ute with your camping gear and pissing off with your family, or are you going to stay at home? Again, that's depends, what you got to weigh. It depends up. on the scenario. Yeah, you're going to know what you need to do at whatever point you need to. So you're you're a bit lucky as well because your house is is it's very narrow, and the front has the roller shutters, and the rear is quite easily defendable through narrow narrow hallways and things, so you're creating like a murder lane. Um, Jesus. Uh, so it's quite easy to defend, lot to defend. And that's uh, for that when sense. China invades and they target No, I'm just talking house. about looters and things like that. I mean, he's got you've got two two kids to worry about, so how far are you going to go? You're going to talk to words or write them a nice letter? Be like, excuse me, sir, please don't break into my home. What are you going to do? Again, like... 
it depends on the scenario. If it's to a point where people are looting, I would probably rather go bush and be mobile than have to defend a house. Yeah. Because once you lose that defence, there's no... Well, you've got to go mobile anyway. No, well, you're fucked, aren't you? Because if you, you, like, a, a narrow house goes both ways. So if they're coming in through the front and you've got a kill zone in the hallway, he can't get out. Yeah, that's where you obviously pre-plan some things. And you've got to look outside the square. So you've got a manhole and you've got roof tiles or you've got a, a corrugated iron roof. We'll just punch that shit. Yeah. Get out from the roof. And also, like, you, yeah. you, that's under the assumption that you just have an everyday plebs. Like, it depends. I would have thought of it like this. So you've got different stages of what happens in such a catastrophe where you've got people just lose their shit and you've got the dumb people will be the ones that would probably perish earlier on and then the smart ones are the ones that end up seeing it out through various... See, man, sometimes levels. those dumb fuckers get lucky. Yeah, and no, you no, get so you're talking about it, like <laughs> over the duration of like an extended period of time where it'd be such a catastrophe brings on that whole end of civilization, right? So the time, like, of course, there'll be some that would have the odd lucky shot, but if you're talking about the generalization of the type of people that are likely to be surviving long term, the people that are the most prepared and have the smarts to be able to figure things out on the fly are the ones that are going to make it through. So depending on when. In this catastrophe, Caleb's having his house raided by people dressed like from Mad Max. <laughs> Obviously, I'm not going to be able to defend myself from an army. Yeah, because if, if you talk about a couple of guys, well, look, if just, it was if it was if an invading it, force, your best option just go to the desert because no one wants the desert. <laughs> just go live in the desert. Well, the, no one, is there a country in the world that has the force a force with the capability of being able to go house to house? China. China. <laughs> China. Oh, oh. oh, look out. <laughs> it's our first podcast injury. <laughs> He's hurt himself having a giggle over China. Josh has just smashed his knee on the table. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> but, I mean, look, again, it's it's horses for courses. Whatever scenario is presented to you, the main thing is to have some level of preparation, but then also have the skills to be able to adapt. That skill. So if you're a hunter and you can survive out in the bush and like get your own meat, then you're an advantage over someone who's never done that in their life. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, the, the other side to that is people would um, – Typically, because of the way that human nature is, create um, communities, whether it's a community of four people or a community of ten people, and then you have the skill sets of different people that would be picked up um, and combined. Yeah, I mean, so, so if, if you're if everyone in our street or your street or my street individually came together to form a small community that had to survive, then more than likely you're going to be the only guy with you know, the ability – well, firearms firstly. Mm. So in my street, I reckon I'm probably the only firearm owner, maybe one other person. Mm. That's in my street, right? So say that's your community you're stuck with. I'm the only one with access to firearms. Uh, I'm probably the only one who's been hunting before. Yeah. So yeah, – The first thing I'd be doing if I if a community was <laughs> – I mean, there's a couple of nanas next door which can crochet us all some warm – 
clothes, but um, <laughs> that would have to be like a a knitted camo jumper. <laughs> but I mean, like fuck you, knitting into it. Knitting that's into what's it. good about community, isn't it? You've got some some skills amongst everyone, but you know, chances are. You're going to be the hunter yeah. gun guy. In that scenario, the first thing I would do, if it was an established community and I trusted them, I would transfer the skill set. So be, uh, teach people so that it's not one – you're not the only person with that skill set. So it becomes – I think we've spoken about this briefly before about um, like military units and and how diverse – Australia is in comparison compared to America and, and the training that we receive. So it's sort of like that sort of principle, I guess. Well, at, uh, safety in numbers, you, you're spot on actually. The more people you can get um, around you that has the same sort of uh, mentality, uh, the better off you're going to be. If, if you try and do it all by yourself, the chances are you're not going to make it. Um, <clears throat> so... But you're going to be definitely. prepared for either scenario. You're either definitely. solo or you're joining a group. Well, exactly. But your your survival time, having more people around you, like-minded people, is going to increase your survival time essentially. Yeah, as long as that. Yeah, it's not like the movies where you've got the lone fucking ranger that comes out swinging swords in a zombie apocalypse that somehow survived by themselves. I'm going to be the leader and I'm going to own a tiger. <laughs> I'm just going to sit here in pain. <laughs> Why are you in pain? Oh, bro. The nerves, the nerves, the nerves just... Don't laugh with your knees. Just kicked off. (laughs) Tip tip (laughs) for young players. Don't laugh and (laughs) knee the table. All right. I didn't uh, didn't knee the table. Can we wrap you and move on to Ryan now? Yeah, let's do it. Yes, sick. Ryan, go for it. So I I was sort of going down that whole um, bug out bag road as well and thinking that the the first question that I want to pose, there's two questions here, right? First question that I would pose is if you had the option of only taking two things, you had to leave your house and you could only take two things, what would they be? Child one, child two. Items, not people. My dog and my gun. You're not going to get very far without any ammunition there, Joshy boy. Well, obviously, there'll be ammunition in my gun. It's a really expensive club. Oh, so you're take, you're just, you're, So if we were going that far... You're not wearing any clothes or shoes either. No, you've got the clothes on your back. You can take the people that are with you, but you've got two items that you can take. So obviously having a rifle is going to include ammunition? Nope. Uh, Ammunition is a separate item. Knife. (laughs) One of those knife fork spoons. (laughs) (laughs) It has to be a spork. KFS. (laughs) Uh, that's three things, mate. You've got to ditch one. No, it's one thing. <laughs> no, that's one thing. item, no, no. KFS. A rifle then has ammo. Ryan, why? Um, <laughs> two things. Two things. Uh, knife and a torch. Cool. That's Josh. just what came to me. Whoa. These aren't the – yeah, so it's just the two things you can take, not – not things that you can – only two things that you can use, just two things that you could take straight out the gates from your house when you're leaving. Two things I could take. Can I, can I change my answer to – Absolutely, you can. Bug out bag and food. Bug out bag, just a bag. It's an item. It's a bug out bag. Yeah, but you're just taking a bag. It's full of shit. 
Well, it's not full. Of, it's full of other items, isn't it? <laughs> you can't rot the system, Caleb. Uh, Caleb's taking an empty bag with him. And maybe that's handy. Maybe I can hide in it. <laughs> <laughs> you can hide in a bag. Maybe I can disguise myself as a bag. <laughs> I don't know. I'd say, okay, if that's the case, I'd take a Bushmaster. That's not an item. That's, that, a, that's a fucking item. <laughs> All right, you need to define this <laughs> test better, Ryan. Yeah. No, you take a Bushmaster. I'd take a Bushmaster. Um <laughs> I dispute that answer because he doesn't have a Bushmaster at his house. <laughs> yeah. So he cannot take it. It's two items, man. What does it run on? Diesel. So you've got whatever you, whatever is in it when you leave well, at any given moment. That's the thing, man. Oh, There's hang plenty. on. So my bug out bag has things in it. Why can't I take that? Yeah. You're saying he can take his Bushmaster but- with whatever's in it. No, no, he can't. No, he can only take his Bushmaster with no other items on it. But the Bushmaster is going to have like whatever's diesel is in it at the time. So that means the bug out bag is going to have whatever exactly items in it no. at the time. No, fuck no. your test, Ryan. Fuck it. No, <laughs> I'm changing the rules as we go. By the way, so you're taking a bag and a knife. You're taking a handheld items. Shall we go with two? Hand, what hand two handheld items. items can you take? Okay, we need to hurry this up because this is taking a lot longer than I thought it, it would. It is. You boys are fucking ridiculous. Well, okay, if a rifle and rounds are two things, I probably wouldn't do that. I'd probably take uh, an axe and a lighter. Yeah, okay. Axe and a lighter, an empty bag and a knife. Oh, I said a knife and a torch. A knife and a torch. All right, no, fair point. Scared of the dark. So I would, I would take a machete and a knife sharpening kit or knife sharpener or like a steel but you've got a stone. You just walk along the path and find a stone. You're not going to get a nice edge on a machete with a stone. Oh, you're going to get it good enough to sort of chop no. someone's arm. You know what? I'm changing my answer back to what I said originally. Taking a bag and a knife. Because <laughs> if I've got a bag, I can put other shit in it along the way. <laughs> That's a fair point. Thank you that very is, much. Drop the mic. <laughs> I win. Yeah. Yeah. Pity, pity you only make it to your letterbox. Yeah, you get out, get out your letterbox. Someone shoots you for your bag. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> joke's on them. <laughs> like, guy took an empty bag. What a fucking idiot. <laughs> I'm sorry, but you have the same level of if, defense if, as I do. If that happened right before I die, I'd be like, you're a shit. <laughs> I nearly said it. <laughs> You're a shit, colourful person. You're a shit, Kent. You're a piece of shit. <laughs> I spent a lot of time thinking about that question, actually. For what purpose? Well, who, who wins? Well, you definitely don't. Empty bag and a fucking knife. Are you kidding me? Yeah, but I can put other what shit. Are you I do? can carry a heap of other shit later on. I walk out my driveway. I've got my bag on my back. I've got my knife. I'm going to defend myself till I get to the nearest hardware store and then fill my backpack. Just, why, don't, why, don't you just you. Take a, why don't you just take a bag from the fucking hardware store? I, just, I can just imagine you in like... won't be camo. Your shorts and T-shirt, you've got your backpack on, but it's open and it's just fucking sagging because there's nothing in it. And you're holding your knife with two hands going, ah, like brick with a grenade. But it could have things in there. No, we're leaving your house, it'll be empty. People don't know that. They don't know what I've got in there. Have you watched the new Jumanji? No. <laughs> so you're going to have a boomerang. <laughs> Kevin, what is, what is, Kevin, what is Kevin, Kevin Hart's 
character. Uh, he's a bag dude. He's just got a backpack. What does it have in it? Which is fitting for you, actually. What does yeah, it have? You can be my bag dude. He carries all the weapons. Does he? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I seen <laughs> he it. carries a boomerang. <laughs> That's his weapon. No, he's got all the weapons. He's got everything in that backpack. I haven't seen oh, it. Shit. That's me. That's but my a character. boomerang would be a pretty sick. Like a steel boomerang. Is it Mad Max? Yeah, it's Mad Max. So that kid that's got the steel boomerang. <laughs> Suddenly it's chopped your own fucking head off. Holy shit. Yeah, man. I'm mate, my dad made me a boomerang when I was young. Oh, we both made it. And um, I still remember the first time he took me out. He's like, oh, you ready, son? And I sort of started getting the hang of it. And then I just like pelted it. And this thing came back and hit me in the shin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. Did you cry? Yes, it hurt, and I was like, eight. Like it's soft. I had, I had a large boomerang as a child. I'd say it used to just sit on a windowsill. I don't know where I got it from. Someone gave it to me, I think. And it would have been maybe eight hundred wide, long, whatever you want to call it. Anyway, I remember being about five years of age, and I just decided to like hold it on one end and just spin around in a circle, and. I hit someone, someone in the kneecap with it. Oh! I never got to use it again. I'd never thrown it or anything, so I wouldn't know if it came back or not. I just decided to spin around with a boomerang and kneecap someone. Just fuck people up. Yeah, you. got taken off me. and that was it. There you go. There's your, your second item. Screw the bag off for a boomerang. Oh, fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> fuck that. Oh, shit. All right, so down to the nitty-gritty, though. Um what the second question is: What do you think is the most likely scenario that would lead to such a nationwide catastrophe? That COVID. people, well, COVID obviously, progression of COVID, oh. the regression, progression, the Delta strain, <laughs> <laughs> uh, someone invading us eventually. I think it would it could, it'll either come down to three things, yeah, like some sort of pandemic. An invasion or a natural disaster. So why, why would people like a natural disaster? I, I think would be the most likely one. Yes, yeah, but invasion. Yeah. Like if someone want to invade us, it'd be for occupation. Who the fuck would want to take over Australia? Yeah, it's a desert. I mean, the likelihood of that happening. I mean, if someone was going to attack us just to like because we're in war and they want to take out all of our. Um, I think modern times, you're not going to get like an occupation scenario like World War One, Two. Like you're not. There's not going to be just invading forces like that. No. They'll do things like buy all your real estate and own everything. It's a passive. <laughs> it's a passive <laughs> and invasion. Control your finances that, somehow. And that's the thing. It's a passive thing. So it'll it'll happen without you realizing it. But this catastrophic event is pandemic. You're going to realize it, and it's going to be sudden. Yeah. So, do you think like anything like missile missile attacks um, and anything like that would be a possibility? Oh, look, look, it's possible, like and I will touch on this again when I get to my part, which I'm champing at the bit for. Well, that's that's sort of the rabbit hole that I'm going down at the moment, where um, we currently have about zero defence. Well, I actually think the defence is working on a defence system for the country. Um, having said that, we don't have a nuclear capability, which I don't quite understand because we actually we hold 
fucking a lot of the world's nuclear waste in Wyoming. Yeah, we've got nuclear waste, but we, no, we don't yeah. actually have any weapons yeah. of mass destruction. We have two-thirds of the world's uranium. Yeah, yeah. so I, I don't quite understand that. Um, I don't understand why well, we wouldn't. Our, our, um, our current defence systems are the US. That's, that's literally it. Re- definitely relations uh, to other countries is, is imperative for our survival. Yeah, well, the cool. government has actually recently rolled out a $270 billion package, I guess you could say, to have home um, manufactured, so made in Australia, long-range guided missiles and um, a defence, a ballistic, anti, anti-ballistic missile defence system. So we are looking at, well, we are going to be manufacturing our own missile defence systems. You see, with that comes the next 25 years plus on it, the time that it takes for them to actually develop those systems, test them, Refine Although them and this, implement yeah, them. What so, so relations with another country is is imperative, essentially. Yeah. Before that, the reason why they're doing that though is so that we're not reliant on the US. But Eventually, the systems yeah, already yeah. exist. The systems they're going to build are the ones that we're already using, but they belong to look, other nations. Look, I was uh, a part of actually um, the the battlefield test of the M one one three Abrams tank, and that was a piece of technology that already existed. We bought it, we put it in this country, we changed it to diesel, and then we tried them on the battlefield. And I'm telling you now, I was stuck in Kultana for like three months, man, and dead set, 18 out of the 20-something-odd tanks that we'd bought broke within the first week. They actually paused the X for like a fortnight because there was that many that were broken that, they couldn't carry on with, with the test, one. They paused the what? And they exercise. paused the exercise. No. Um, they couldn't carry on with the test. Um, <clears throat> and then it took a fortnight for parts to get in from the state, the states, to fix them. <laughs> yeah, well, that's that's the reason why they're deciding to have them manufactured here is because we, we, we get all of our missiles from the US currently. We don't have any manufacturing facilities in our country. So if something did go down on a global scale, first thing that country is going to do is stockpile their own munitions. Oh, we're not self-sustainable. Absolutely not. And we need to become, and it's a good thing, but this process takes fucking yeah. years. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I get that. But we've, we've, the money's already been approved to have that process start. <laughs> we don't – well, we literally have nothing. Which any other country could – shoot a missile at us, and if the U.S. defences decided not to do anything about it, we'd be fucked. Well, it's really the U.S. defences aren't going to reach us. And we're in kind of a yeah, good spot in in terms of our geographic location in the world because we're kind of like just off on our own and no one really gives a fuck. And we're, it's, it's not really what I would consider. Now, obviously, there's better tacticians out there than I, but... I would not class Australia as key terrain if I was going to invade the rest of the but world. But it wouldn't be an invasion. What um, it would be is essentially a warning shot or collateral for our association with the US. So if the US and China went to war, we would cop something. Yeah. Oh, so it'd be, it'd be about protecting citizens. That's what it would be about. There wouldn't be an invasion. It would be 
um, like the equivalent of the Iron Dome, really. Something that would protect us from casualties. And, and look, we, we do have uh, things being made. I don't actually know if it's public knowledge, I presume it is, but we we are adopting things like uh, over-the-horizon radar and, and things like that. Um, and maybe they will be able to be used in a fashion to identify long-range missiles early. I don't know. Um, But we do have the the technology that is sort of being developed here. Oh, it's already developed. It's already developed. (laughs) Or being refined, I should say. Yeah, yeah. so the the, the over-the-horizon radar um, is already in use, and that, uh, I believe, is going to be used as a base system to incorporate some defences against like you obviously if you can pick up a missile well, you need to be able to fucking do something well, about it don't you it'll be like our version of NORAD the the yeah. US's um, anti-missile system yeah. which like is it's interesting <laughs> because why is it now that they're deciding that we need this sort of technology I think you'll find it's because of uh, really the way China has been Acting and the way the world has been acting, and also COVID, we're sort of realizing that okay, there are people that are wanting to buy up our land and and things like this, and there is this pandemic happening simultaneously, and we're like shit. Well, suddenly it takes fucking six months for us to get any shit in from the states or from other countries that we rely on. Um, definitely, it's definitely shed light on how dependent we are on other nations. Definitely. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Absolutely. I think that if anything, China – because China wants to take over Thailand. They want Thailand back. Yeah. And so yeah. to do that, they're probably going to have to take – And Th- Thailand's a staging ground, man. That's that's all that that is. Yeah. No, that's um, exactly right. So, all right, well, that's that's a wrap for me, I think. Um, Caleb, what have you got to say, Cam? Hello. Um, well – did you guys know that here in little old Adelaide, there is actually Australia's first walk-in survival shop, Prepper's Warehouse? I did not. Really? Yes. I did not know this at all. Do right? they stock toilet paper? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, I only found this out when I was doing a little bit of uh, research. Is it called Campbell's Cash and Carry? No, it is not. It's called Costco. <laughs> it is actually called Survival Shop Prepper's Warehouse. Really? Yep. And it was started by a guy called Trevor Andre. Um, he's a founder and he's a keen hunter and survivalist. And he actually used to be an Outback tour guide. Oh. So, yeah, uh, back in 2019, he was in the media a fair bit. Um, and, yeah, he's, you know, he's talking all about his um, – desire to create the first walk-in warehouse for all things doomsday prepper basically um and he does have well he did that and it exists um here in little old adelaide i I assume that he have an online store as well so he has an online store but um he has the first or claims to have the first actual shop presence where you can shop shop front where you can actually walk in and buy stuff um now look i I actually think this guy potentially could be a guest on the show. Hey. That would be great. Right? Now, look, there is a perception about doomsday preppers that they're a bit weird and wacky and off the planet. 
and they have some pretty unique ideas. And Neck I'm, minute COVID. <clears throat> I've actually so. listened to this guy speak a bit because he claims to be the most interviewed prepper in Australia. And he's been on a few podcasts, YouTube channels. He's been on ABC News, like newspapers um, have done articles on him. It was mainly down to the fact that he'd created this walk-in shop. Um, so I thought, okay, who is this guy? Uh, there's a Facebook page. There's the website. So you can buy all this prepper survivalist sort of stuff online or you can go into his shop. Now, uh, and I'm not I'm not knocking him here, right? Did you go into his shop? No, I did not go into his Fuck, shop. Fuck, let's make a I, day and go. I did – Without wearing our tinfoil hat. As close to going to physically going to his shop, I jumped on Google and looked up the <laughs> No, Google. I looked at the address looked up the address of it, right? And it's literally his shed. Oh, right. All right. So Well that's an anticlimax. Yeah, I was yeah. picturing this massive <laughs> yeah, warehouse, warehouse with yeah. camo and fucking, fucking netting no, everywhere, a tank in the corner. But I can't knock him, all right? So Josh, you used to run a core shop, right? Yeah, yeah. Imagine that where you'd actually set up some proper shelving, had price tags, all that sort of gear, right? All right. So imagine that, right? He's set up the same sort of thing in his shed. He's gone a step further than you in that he has a proper website. Mm -hmm. On his website, he has links to a heap of different videos. He has – he runs a school – so you can buy some content on him teaching you some methods for survivals. Um, I mean, he, he to some degree he knows what he's talking about. His theology, I don't really know. That's why I think it could be potentially be a good guest to have on, so we can learn some more from the horse's mouth, so to speak. So I'll flag that as I'll flag him as a potential guest. Um, now, what actually was the catalyst for him starting this shop? was back in the day, so we're talking 2018, Kim Jong-un announced to the world's media that he could hit Australia with ICBMs, which is intercontinental ballistic missiles. And that's why he started this core shop, right? So he's always been passionate about survival and having the skills to be a survivalist. Yeah. All right. Um, So he thought he'd start this shop where you can buy things like bug out bags. Pre-made. Pre-made. Yeah, or yeah. medical kits or camo clothing or all this sort of gear, right? Now, yeah. again, I'm not knocking the bloke because he's passionate about something and he started a business venture where he can make some money. So an item you can buy, for example, is the Delta 50-liter bug-out bag, which retails for 425 bucks. Wow. <clears throat> right? Now, I went to... Uh, <laughs> you went to the fucking cheap <laughs> shop. No, 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 no. So I researched every. <laughs> I researched each item that's in this bag. All right. So obviously you go. All right. He sells an off-the-shelf bug-out bag packed with all this stuff. Obviously he's going to fill it with stuff he's bought and put a markup on it. Right. Mm. I've priced it out. All right. So it's got a TAS Delta backpack, fifty-liter backpack. That backpack's one hundred thirty bucks. TAS poncho, that's thirty bucks. A poncho, yes, that's not thirty dollars. Okay, it's thirty bucks. Wow. Stainless water bottle, which is like a fancy one with some filters and shit, sixty bucks. A dynamo torch, thirty-five bucks. 
A ridgeline knife, 40 bucks. A major bleed kit. Now, interesting you brought up the Israeli bandages and shit, mm-hmm. right? So he's upgraded this major bleed kit. You can, and the one he's got on there is 25 bucks from St. John's, right? Mm-hmm. He sells that alone, this major bleed kit, for 109 bucks. Mm-hmm. All right. There's a $25 kit. It's got the Israeli bandage. And from what I can tell, he's whacked a heap of other bandages in there. But if you don't know what the fuck you're doing, then if you can buy a kit, right? Mm-hmm. There's more. Two 200 gram Mylar packed uh, high energy biscuits. Best I can tell, they're about 20 bucks for that. So the grand total there is 340. So there's not. No. That's not bad. It's not. It's not ridiculous. Though. So from yeah. what the way I'm looking at it, he's not a complete rip off artist. So you just have the convenience of all those individual items, which you could go to your local tent well, to Aussie disposals, to BCF, cheap and options. buy all those. Yeah, things. the cheapskate in me is going. There are definitely some cheap alternatives. Oh, 100 percent. You could, or you could build it yourself and go for quality uh, equipment. Oh uh, yeah, like so he yeah. he he sells a lot of ridgeline stuff, mm-hmm. which is not you know amazing, but it'll get you through. It's, yeah, it's middle of the range sort of yeah. stuff. Yeah. Oh. It's probably more entry level, man. Mm-hmm. Really, yeah. Um, Ridge, I don't know. I, I don't wear ridgeline, man. Sorry, it's I wear Kmart. Kmart exactly. <laughs> so I can't I can't knock him. Right, he's he's passionate about something, and he's decided to have a business venture, and he even lists on his website. Call me seven days a week between 8 a.m. and 8 p.m. if you want any advice. Gives his mobile number. Yeah, so right. he's out there doing Solid. something which he feels passionate about and wants to share and get that knowledge out there for people to be able to understand how to survive. Um, so I thought that was uh, I thought that was quite interesting. I had no idea that that existed in Adelaide, and it does. Neither did I, and I really think we should take a trip there. Look, I'm, none of us are tinfoil hat-wearing motherfuckers or anything like Speak that. Speak for but, yourself. But um, look, some of these places can hide little gems that can help. Correct. Or have now, for hunting. Uh, on the website, it also says that in the next couple of months they'll be moving to Melbourne. Yeah. So the physical shop will not exist in Adelaide. I don't know if that's how up-to-date the website is, but it says in the next few months. Uh they are looking to have a farm stay property where he can run the prepper school. Oh. At this point, I in my mind, I'm going. This sounds a little bit cultish. Well, that's that's quite he, common in America, though, isn't it? They've he got also these- runs a prepper's singles page to connect single singles. people. <laughs> okay, I mean that that so sp- is sprink- red flag. Sprinkle to me. all those ingredients in there. You sort of go, uh, okay, yeah. but I'm willing to give the guy the benefit of the doubt at this point, and I would actually, I actually think he'd be good to. Oh shit! Yeah, let's get, get on, on. Let's get him and on have the and listen podcast. to him. Yeah, fuck yeah, and explain a few things. Look, if there's one thing that the this pandemic has taught us, and that is, you probably should have some food at home in reserves, and maybe take it a little bit serious than what people used to look at it like. But that does kind of get the vibes of cultish, and it's funny you mention that because I was going to mention, but. I ran out of time before, which I'll fuck it, I'll do it now because you're saying this, that <clears throat> there are people out there that start prepper villages, 
right? And it sounds like this is the, the you know, yes, it might be a school, but then he's connecting people to get like together and things like that. And then suddenly that becomes a community and Ryan's right, does come like cultish and, and things like that. Mm. And let's face it, these people do not portray the greatest foot to the normal public. They are typically very, very paranoid people, you know, very sort of hard to get along with almost, mm-hmm. and they live and breathe prepping. Yep. That, is, that is it. You know, you say, be like, oh, you want to go listen to some jazz music this weekend at the pub? They'll be like, nah. No one wants to fucking listen to jazz music, but who I love jazz music. There is there is definitely a stigma associated with hardcore preppers. Yes, and I've actually got this guy. His name is Frankie Shine, and he he started the Alaskan Watchman, um, obviously up in Canada, um, and Alaskan uh, so, in Canada. What? Sorry, uh, in a, in Alaska. Oh, okay, sorry. <laughs> Uh, the Alaskans obviously Washington. in Canada. Um, the Alaskans are invading Canada. I don't know why I went to Canada. Then my mind just zipped straight back to my brother-in-law. Anyway, oh, um, he'll be touched. <laughs> anyway, shout out to so Tim. this guy is a stereotypical fucking weird motherfucker. Like he is that dude that is just like you know on the ABC. Oh, sorry, on the channel. Seven or nine or ten, I can't remember. Report <laughs> one of the three major fucking channels. Um, <laughs> he's literally like on the television. Oh, way to narrow it down. People Someone are going to come, come and invade, and people are going to, you know, like pillage and and rape and all this other shit. And you're just like, dude, man, there is a world out there that is normal, uh, and you're not normal. Um, I just think that that stereotype is like people. That fit that category of being just like the extreme end of the whole doomsday thing. They're the people that always they hope for the best because they they, they can't like this is just the anecdotal. extreme end. They, they, hope the, for the best. No, they don't. No, no, hope, sorry, they hope for the worst, not yeah, the best. That's the thing. They hope for the worst. Like it's always the worst case scenario. It's going to be the worst. Yeah, and it and it's. It's not a very optimistic way to live your life at all. No, it's because not. all you do is spend your entire life worrying about shit. Yeah. I've never met anyone who is that far down that side of the, the seesaws. Well, it's not common word. in Australia at the moment, but prepping is getting common. So there is another oh, it's dude. Fear. It's all about fear. Well, That's what it is. It is, but there's a, there's this other dude. Uh, like it's not common in Australia. Mm. Now there's this other guy that is actually starting like a, a bunker condominiums that you can buy in Australia now. That's been um, around for a while, man. There's big yeah, guys building bunkers yeah. and and like they, it progressed from um, safe rooms to there's like safe rooms and um, fire bunkers when all the big fires came through. And that led on to businesses um, dipping into the whole doomsday prepper thing as well, where you can you can buy a fully kitted out bunker to be built on your property. It cost you a fuck ton of money. But there are people in Australia that have had that done. So the market is definitely yeah. it's niche at the moment. Yeah, well, it's, but it's getting it's there. It's it getting is. Some it's traction. becoming more prevalent, I think, because of all of the fear mongering that goes on. And and when people talk about the media, especially the main mainstream media, we've touched on this before about how all they do is. It seems like their goal is to scare the living shit out of people and tell them the worst-case cool. scenario and the worst thing that's coming. Bad news is good news, so... 
Well, that's exactly right. So I just think that maybe if people had a rational approach to their prepping instead of a a and you're spot on. You know, there's got to be a balance, man. There's no harm in being prepped for like a week or so, but you know, you're going to these extremes. I I don't know these it's like this this Alaskan Watchman group. They um they they go as far as doing live fire contact and fighting withdrawal drills, and they are unfucking safe. Like watching so that's, them. That's just fucking. I'm that's like playing what soldier. The that's fucking wannabes, man. Doing. Yeah. This is not right. It is not safe. You should not be doing that um, without supervision and training from a professional. Yeah. That. That to me. I just see that as the guys who have always like they're playing war. That's what that is. It's not about the prepping and it's not about all that sort of shit. That's just them wanting to be the big macho man like they see in the movies to make themselves feel good. Yeah. Cool. Mm. Anyway, Caleb's just given us a signal to wrap it up. Yeah, well, because you just fucking hijacked my segment, mate. Yeah, we did. No, it's all good, bro. It's all good. No, you had gone to a natural pause. I watched you close your book. (laughs) Why would you do that to me? (laughs) That was the end of my notes that I needed for detail. So is there hijacking? Do you know what? We can do it everyone. What would you, well, would you like to, would you would like you to have say? Would you a closing statement? Yeah. No. Do you want a soda, big fella? Do I have a closing statement? No, no. no to my going. segment? Yeah. yeah. I do, actually. Okay. okay. Let's get him on the podcast to speak to us so people can make up their mind as to whether he's crazy or he actually knows his shit. Well, well this, this sounds like we should go down to his shop shed. While it still exists. Let me go to his house. Have a chin wag. Why not? Let's, Let's do, it. do it. We're fucking doing it. I'm free this weekend. Guess where we're going? Dern skis. Port Adelaide. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's where it is. Oh, that says it all. Talk about stigma. Yes, there's several stigmas which we need to either confirm or Well, I'd like dispel. that, actually. I'd like to hear it from the horse's mouth. That would be great. Oh, look, there is some stuff of him on YouTube, so look it up. See what you think. Mm-hmm. Let's take a vote. Let's do it. All right, cool. Let's well, uh, move on a bit, shall we? Let's progress this thing. ND! 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 Negligent discharge. <laughs> Holy shit, I actually thought we were, <laughs> we were wrapping it up. <laughs> Mate, we've got a whole segment to go, my friend. Yeah, shit. <laughs> Negligent discharge, you remember that? It's written yeah. right there. I know. It's been a while. Yeah. We're a bit rusty, your, ladies and gentlemen, so apologies. First episode back. We are dragging it out. I think we need some more talking juice. Pass us a port. <laughs> right. What's so, I, I'll send you the port if you start talking about our ND this week. Let's keep that one short. All right. So our ND this week, just like it being short, like how much Ryan just poured – me or anyway or you're drunk josh go home <laughs> um, in fact your penis so <laughs> settle down chode all right <laughs> so many years ago we that's al- what he says to it every night <laughs> always wanted to do something <laughs> together um we'd we'd been wanting to sort of just i don't know have a reason almost just to catch up um and this was well before we had the idea of starting a podcast. We thought we would give it a go filming our hunts or something like that. 
Or filming outdoor something. adventures. Yeah, outdoor shit. Anyway, along our travels, and this is way back when I owned a cafe in Mawson Lakes and don't ever do it. It's shit. <laughs> Fuck. Don't, don't ever, ever, ever get into the hospitality industry. Anyway, so one of my employees at the time, he was actually a bit of a film buff and he – he was a bit of a film guru. He knew everything there was to know and he was very good at editing um, anything to do with film. So we had this bright idea of, okay, let's bring this fella out with us and film some of our outdoor adventures. He's, he's a young <laughs> lad though. He was, he was super look, young lad, very fresh. Look, he, he was a very, very young lad. Um but he was enthusiastic, and when I spoke to him about it, he was like, fuck yeah, <laughs> you know. Um, anyway, so we organised the trip away in the Barossa Valley where we just thought we'd do a bit of light hunting and some target shooting and get him to film. It was in the desert. Yeah, oh, look, private, it was it was pri- a-, <laughs> a private property you have access to. Yeah, yeah, look, it was definitely on the sandier side of the Barossa Valley where it Sort of meets the Murray River. The desert. Almost, yeah, the desert side. There's a lot of salt bush, let's just put it that way. Um, anyway, we took this dude out there and oh, I'm getting the hurry up again. Don't you fucking hurry dragging the fuck this out, up. man. Yeah, well, I'm just trying to find the right words, all right? God. So we brought this bloke out along with us. He started filming. As the day progressed, it was about 35 degrees and this dude collapsed. He was just fucking. It wasn't. I think we were only there for an hour or something, weren't we? We no, it was a couple of hours. Um, but look, it was. We weren't doing anything strenuous. Um, I mean, at he, all. he was pointing and shooting a camera for a couple of hours at most with breaks. But I mean, he was uninitiated into all things outdoors, really. So it's probably his first time in thirty-five degrees, not hydrated <laughs> enough. Not there was no hat, no sunscreen, nothing. So sunburn, he didn't bring a bottle of water, nothing. So we basically um, got heat stroke in the space of two hours from not really doing much work at all. N- no, and he, I still remember he was just that sort of out of it. He's come up to me and said, oh, I've, "I've rung my sister to pick me up," and I'm like, "Well, how the fuck is she going to get out here? She doesn't know where where we are." And he's like, oh, I've asked her to meet her on the main road. I'm like, okay. So I then had to drive him out there and take him to it, like rendezvous with his with his sister. <laughs> that sounds <laughs> a rendezvous. That sounds well, it is an RV. <laughs> RV with his sister and, um, you know, this dude <laughs> gets out. Did you make him wait out in the sun? <laughs> These guys have the fucking worst mind, eh? I'm sorry, but you, you are a sex pest, You man. cannot use the phrase I'm just going to go have a rendezvous, rendezvous with, sister. with my sister. Of course you can. You can't. Of course you can. You just your mind is in the gutter, bro. <laughs> Do you rendezvous with your sister? <laughs> At, or, At times. <laughs> Other times we just meet up. Or do you, exactly? Do you just meet her on the main road? Anyway, we RV'd with her, oh, and sh- this this kid got out the car, and mate, he could like he well, he barely got out the car, and stumbled to his sister's car. In which he just like had the sookiest voice and oh get me home and I'm like oh, okay anyway that was oh mate I think like we're we're talking about a kid that looked like he hadn't stepped outside 
ever. Hey, well, to give the listeners some perspective, he looked like that dude off of, what's that fucking vampire wolf fucking... Twilight. That's the one. He looked like a vampire out of Twilight. He was what? He, he was his, transparent. He spent his life editing videos, thing, videos in a dark room <laughs> and then the rest of his life was working in your cafe. Pretty much, yeah. I don't know if anything that highlights. He was a good worker at the cafe. That, that highlights that you, you actually have a little bit, got to have a little bit of know how just to go outside in the fucking desert. Can we link this in back the to the whole doomsday prepping thing and say, get some fucking outdoors experience in your life and you, some just general yeah. strength and knowledge about, you know, if it's 35 degrees, take some water. Take some water, take a hat, wear some sunscreen. Have a, slip, slop, slap, in fact. Look, it's quite I simple. never wear sunscreen. Don't listen to that. It's you also shit. look like a fucking leather bag, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> you burn once and then after that you just go brown. Oh, yeah. Talk to me in 15 years, man, when you're getting shit cut how, out of your body. How have you – you, you've never worn sunscreen. Don't bother. Ever. No. I think that's contributed to your short stature. Exactly. And you know what? <laughs> Science, bitch. Nothing to do with That genetics. should be the negligent discharge. <laughs> yeah. And that you're putting out in the airwaves poor advice to the Australian public and the world, MD, actually. MD. Negligent discharge. Exactly. Josh. Wear sunscreen, slip, slop, slap, be sun safe. Don't listen to Josh. And it doesn't matter how much shit your friends hang on you for wearing that super cool cowboy hat. You know you look good. I never be- said I don't wear a hat. But he said, I don't wear sunscreen. And thank you very much, Snowflake. Who's, what? Who's Why are you calling me Snowflake? Well, it'll sink in one day. It's all good. I don't get it. I don't get it either. It's a desert. Why are is you, it snowing? Are you shaming me for my white skin? Stop shaming people, Josh. <laughs> is that why you're calling me Snowflake? No. Oh, God, it's all right. You obviously don't listen to fucking Oh, no, Let's bring it back to Stop old, making mate. obscure references. Think, like, Wear sunscreen. You live in Australia. I think out of, out of this ND, what we're getting out of the end. <laughs> Do you know ND, what a snowflake is? Yeah, a weak person. Oh, ah, there you go. What? So are you saying I'm – sorry, we're having a fucking argument I don't know. Here. I've been trying to wrap this up <laughs> and you two are going out of like – No, we're going to get to the bottom of this. So you're calling me a snowflake <laughs> for wearing sunscreen and protecting myself from getting skin cancer. <laughs> In our fucking 40-degree sun. Oh, dear. I've been sunburned in my life. I, it's, it's, it's not fun being sunburned, let alone getting no, skin it's cancer. Not. It's definitely not. But you burn once and then you go brown. No, you don't. No, I don't. Well, I do. Caleb doesn't. I'm sorry, but my English and Scottish heritage does not allow <laughs> me to tan at all. I burn. He goes out in the sun for 20 minutes and, and comes back looking like a tomato. Thank you. So I will shut you down on that. I actually don't think I've ever seen you. I think I've seen you put on sunscreen when we go fishing. That's about it. I I don't make an event of it. I do it discreetly. Discreetly. Yes, discreetly. (laughs) I've got to check from now on. It's discreetly. Like the time I fingered you and you didn't know about it. It's because of your chode fingers. (laughs) Yeah, but there was three of them up there. Now, you're contradicting yourself now because one minute you say I've got fat fingers, now I've got chode fingers. It's all about the girth, baby. Just doesn't have the reach, mate, to penetrate. For the rusty trumpet. I think I think now <laughs> is the time where I will wrap us up. Yeah. So, well, we've been waiting on it. Okay. For the last five minutes. <laughs> he just checked out 15 minutes ago. <laughs> Pretty much, man. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for getting through Season 3, Episode 1 with us. It's been good to be back on the airwaves with you again. We've missed you. We've missed recording. And I hope you enjoyed the first episode. We're going to have some great guests this season. Solid guests lined up. 
Excellent. Really, really good live guests. So it's going to be some quality band. Uh, correct. There'll be quality everything. So look, we're looking forward to getting amongst it again with you next week. Every Monday, ladies and gentlemen, hit us up. Uh, send it, mate. Podcast, Instagram. We have a Facebook page now. Yes. Go on there as well. Woo! For those of you who still use the archaic platform of Facebook. <laughs> the irrelevant platform. You're irrelevant. Do you know what? Fuck you, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> See you later, ladies and gentlemen. It has been a wild ride. Peace. Catch ya. Catch you next week. G'day dude and dudettes, Josh here. Do you find it hard to keep your long, hard barrels free from gun STDs? Maybe you need a clean out of your bore. If this is you, jump on over to highcaliber.com.au and use the promo code SENDITMATE to receive a 10% discount on all your gun cleaning needs. And remember, it's sexy to support Australian-made products. Everyone here at Senate Mate uses high calibre and we can promise you that it'll keep your firearms free from those pesky gun STDs.